Hi, I'm Dan Young, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Lee Gillis. I'm Gordon Henderson. And I'm Scott Young. Yeah, yes. well, you may, may realise a different voice on the show this week. There's no Doug this week, he's a busy lad. Doug and myself are not going to be able to make all the shows this year. So we put our call out last week, Lee, to, to get a, a new guest host, maybe regular, maybe a guy that just drops in every now and then. We, we got a few responses, but we thought one of the best responses we got is a guy that's always very vocal on Twitter. And I think, Lee, he's, he's going to be ideal for, to have on the show. Yeah, well, I'll be interested to see if our viewer numbers, uh, our listener numbers drop this week. Um, if they drop, then we know that he's not getting back because I think he's got a bit of a reputation for being a bit of a loudmouth on Twitter. But it'll be interesting to see how he does on a podcast side of things. Maybe not even Twitter as well, actually. We could probably extend that to Pi and Bovril or across all social networks. But welcome nonetheless, Scott. You're breaking Thanks your... Thanks for having me. So, yeah, I know it's, like, it's good to be a loudmouth and... It's good to have different of opinions because I think that's the the thing that we've looked for when we're adding someone. Lee is we want somebody that's maybe got different opinions to us, and I know Scott's often had different opinions to to yourself and Twitter, and, and <laughs> maybe to everyone else. And to to answer the burning question though, Scott, you are no relation to Darn Young. I am not. Because I think a few folk have thought that you might be because you have always stuck up for Darren and it's like, oh, he's just sticking up for his relative. But we'll put that to bed now. He's not. <laughs> so tell us tell us what you're going to bring to the show. Just put you on the spot, give you a bit of pressure. Not a lot. Nah, I'll hopefully That's good. bring a, another voice of, uh, of reason. It's something, something different to what seems to be most of the fans currently. So... We'll see what everyone thinks by the end. And if you want like, me back, you want me back. <laughs> like he say, another voice of reason. I'm not sure we've got any voices of reason that, oh. that's really on this show. I think yeah. That, yeah, I think Scott, obviously, you're, you're an ardent uh, Darren super fan. Judging by what you've seen pre-season, we'll just stick you, you right in in the, the early parts of the show. Judging what you've seen pre-season, and before we go into to yesterday's game, are you still convinced that Darren's your man? Yeah, I'd say so. In yeah. in our in our lifetimes, we are sitting comfortably each year higher than we have been years before. Like 
I definitely say that what we've got just now is a lot better than previous bosses of what Stevie Crawford, Billy Brown, Gary Naismith. That's just off the top of my head. Like, definitely a better style of football as well. So are you thinking then, potentially, it's better the devil you know than the one that you don't? Because the, the argument that this seems to be getting brought up time and time again is, guys, he's, he's taken us you know, to, to a new level in terms of continuity in the division. But do you think he's taken us as far as he can take us? No, I definitely think there's place to go. Obviously, the league's going to be a lot harder this year for us, but I think there, there is opportunities for us to keep going. Like, definitely. And judging on what you've seen in terms of the, the transfer market this year, you know, that there's a lot of fans really, really unhappy and, and showing some unrest that, you know, us letting Aggie go, there's no transfer fee involved there. You know, we've not replaced McGuigan yet. There's Wallace is gone. We don't know why. There, there's loads of these things and it, it's left a lot of ambiguity. We're not hearing much in terms of from the club directly why that is. You know, there's got to be some questions in terms of the fan side of things, or particularly just from from my side of views. We don't know the answers to this. It could look like this could be indicative of Darren's leadership. It could look like this is indicative of the way that the club's being run at the moment. What are you, what's your opinion on that? Um, I would say that definitely things need to come out. Like Wallace putting out that he's left. Like everybody now knows that he's left, but the club's not said anything. Um, I would say that needs to come out. In regards to Agnew, um, I was told that um, in the pub the other night, they were saying that the, he didn't get paid for two and a half, three months or something. So that alone would have covered whatever fee anyone could pay at our level, never mind him not getting a signed run bonus, supposedly. So that's a fair amount of money that we get on top of that that would be, could be used for players or, or whatnot. The club definitely does need to to be more vocal with things. Like everyone says about this once an injury, like I do agree that, that they need to come out and say, I, th- I think things are going fine. We just need to look at how much everyone else is spending. We've not got money like that. Like That's the big thing. Look at Kelly. Look how much they're spending on these... Well, I mean, they've, they've added aware obviously, this week, and he'll not be going there on daft money. I mean, I've heard roughly about 400 to £500 pound a week. And I mean, they've already got Forster, they've got uh, Dougie Hill, they've got, you know, a, a plethora of players and they just seem to keep adding and adding to it. And I just keep thinking, well, just do that and we'll take somebody off the, off your hands on loan <laughs> and Christmas when we need it. But no, um, before we move on to the show, great to have you on, Scott, and we'll be interested to see what you, you add in the coming weeks. Um, Gordon, on top of all that, I mean, another week, no new signings. Um, well, apart from, sorry, one, uh, yet another inexperienced kid added to the team as a, as a backup goalkeeper, which means that we've got um, Gallagher and then two sort of fairly untried keepers. What's your thoughts on that? Do you think that we should have gone more for experience or do you think that Darren's trying to run lightly on the ground in terms of, you know, we're hopeful that Gallagher will go a season uninjured and then he could utilise that money elsewhere? No, I think in terms of the goalkeeper, I think it's it's kind of sensible to go one experienced goalkeeper and get in a kind of maybe a young guy or loan or something like that. I mean, we talked about having both Long and Hart who are probably see themselves as kind of first-choice goalkeepers at this level, probably getting first-choice wages. To me, 
you know, you, you can't always keep two goalkeepers happy. So I think it makes sense. You know, he's young and experienced, but, uh, you know, see how he does. If he, if he gets chucked on, I mean, he may be good. But I think that's a sensible thing to do when your budget is obviously relatively tight. Um, I know he'll be looking at other areas of the pitch, probably more important than backup goalkeeper. Um, you know, we've talked about centre forward. Um, probably need another defender, probably need another midfield midfielder at least. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if we get those players in, if they are kind of younger guys. Um, and I'm not sure there's many sort of quality, experienced players available right now. It's just the kind time of situation we find ourselves in. T- time will tell. I mean, I think that if we're going to have any hope of that, we need to hope that it's going to be a loan or whatever, because I don't think they're going to be in the position to pay a transfer fee to, to anybody for a player and who would want to move at this stage of the season. So um, we'll, we'll come into the game just shortly. But Michael, some non-East Fife news that will have made you happy this week signing a, a fellow Scotsman and I've actually got a question to ask you from um, assistant manager Tony McMinn oh. for, the, for the announcement was it your idea to swap the water bottles for Iron Brew? <laughs> no, I thought that was a very a very funny announcement, I really enjoyed that one now this, this is Ryan Gold, former Dundee United player that has now joined Vancouver Whitecaps, he's signed till 2025 there was a number of clubs after him, Celtic, Southampton, some championship teams, lots of teams in Europe, especially Portugal. He's coming off the best season of his career and there was a lot of interest in him. His team got relegated, but he made the the team of the season. He had, I think, nine goals over the year and assists and he's had a, a, a year that got a lot of interest. There was a stumbling point in a lot of clubs now are having these option deals, which no one's really fully tested them in court as to whether they're going to stand up or not. So according to him, his team got relegated, so that made the option year null and void. His club, Ferenzi in Portugal, said no, it wasn't. So that put some of the other clubs off a little bit because they thought they might have to pay a transfer fee. The Whitecaps didn't. They, to use the phrase of our sporting director, greased the wheels of the of the deal by giving 350,000 euros to the club um, and now we've got Ryan Gold here is getting unveiled officially on Tuesday at a press conference I'll be getting a chat with him next week and we might bring you some of that on the show we'll definitely get him to do a bumper for the show if nothing else but I'm just happy I get to ask him about the chocolate digestives and he'll actually know what I'm talking about Oh yeah, it's been a while since we've had um, a chocolate digestive section um, added in. We should probably look at doing that in the future. Aye, I've got them all as raw audio, and I just haven't put them all together. I'll work on that this week, and we'll we'll get some in. Definitely. So before we go any further, we'll give you um, a word from this week's sponsors. So take it away. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. 
So there's a word from our usual sponsor and thanks again to all those at East Fife uh, Community Football Club. This week's show is also brought to you by Macon Resources. So Macon Resources are a nationwide recruitment team based in Edinburgh, Manchester and London, covering mainly construction recruitment. They are constantly on the lookout for skilled and unskilled construction workers from labourers to join to, uh, to joiners to site managers. So get in touch if you're looking for work. So on to the point in case of this week's show. First game of the season, um, well, the league season that is, because we're already pumped out the League Cup, as Michael so rightly pointed out to me last week. A one-all draw with Queen's Park at home, a result that I could probably confidently say that I don't think many people have seen coming, particularly on our, our social media channels. Everybody had us down to get a hammer in, myself included. Yeah, but, my, my prediction of no points from the first three games has gone out the window, so that that's a positive. Yep, exactly, and, and there's Scott saying a uh, another voice of reason, and that's been you know just been thrown out the window within the, the opening five minutes of the show. But Gordon, I'm going to come to you. How nice was it to be back in sunny Bayview yesterday? Oh yeah, really enjoyed the game. Enjoyed being back. It felt um, you know a long way back to normal. It was good to kind of see people in the ground, see everyone again, have a game, a bit of atmosphere there. Still not. You know, still a wee bit spaced out. You know, we're kind of spread out over the whole stand. But um, it was good to be back and good performance. So can't really complain. Um, I think, you know, it was a 1-0. Got a point. But I think compared to expectations, like you're saying, I think everyone, to be fair, I'll give him his due. Doug did call 1-1. He's not. He's not here to. He's not here to crow about that. So I'll mention that. Oh, I forgot that. about that. Yeah, because he, um, he said he's going to be positive. He's that's been cut out. <laughs> um, but I, even on like Pine Bovril, you see people doing predictions, and most folk were predicting like a two or three goal defeat. So I think it was a kind of pleasant surprise to get something out of the game and a good because it could very easily have been a two or three goal defeat. Yeah, I mean, I think Queens Park had chances, but I felt um, a draw was a, a kind of fair result over the piece. Um, you know, they did have the better chances and if, if somebody was going to take it, it would have been them and I think we were kind of hanging on a bit by the end. But I don't think it was completely undeserved. Um, I think both teams were pretty, um, you know, a little bit blunt. Um, you know, we didn't look like we were going to create a lot of chances and they didn't look like they could really take the chances they were creating. So I've no doubt they'll go on and have a good season, but it was a good performance. Scott? Back at Bayview, something that you've been chomping at the bit for for the last 18 months. How good did it feel going through those rickety turnstiles yesterday and, and getting up? And, and Well, luckily for you guys, you were in the home end. I was papped in at the away end, but um, how good did it feel to be back? Brilliant. Um, missed it massively. Just watching the streams and things, it's not, there's no, like, sitting in your living room, you've got no atmosphere, you score, you go, yes. And then that's it. Like about the game, obviously, you're a bit more involved. It's like you're you're almost on the team as well when when they score. So that part was brilliant. Actually, getting back to cheering the team, like even just shouting, like when we've got a corner, cheering them on to try and get something from it. You can't do that in your living room, but being at back at the stadium it was absolutely class. Well, you can do it in your living room. <laughs> yeah, but it's a bit weird. <laughs> well, if you think that's weird, there's a guy out here. He he has a 
it started off as a Twitter account, now it's Instagram, and he's got a lot of attention. He's called Couch Ultras. And you know how, especially at the games over here, you might have seen on the telly, they do all the big displays with banners and they lift them all and pulley ropes and they have all smoke and everything. He does that in his living room for every game. <laughs> he throws confetti about, he raises like sheets up on, on pulley ropes and paints them all and really gets into it. There's another Twitter account where his wife tidies it up afterwards, raging. <laughs> <laughs> He's a single man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's definitely worth a, a retweet on our Twitter channel when uh, when you get that uh, when you get back onto that. You might call quite like to see that definitely. For for me, you know, yesterday was great. Um, I got to go to a game with my dad for the first time in I think probably about two and a half three years. Oh, nice! Um, which was which was brilliant. And I've to to pass on his his well wishes to you, Michael. When I said I was recording tonight, he's like, "Please tell Michael I was asking for him." He said, "Tell Gordon to do one like." But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. And he said, "Scott, I've got no time for whatever." So. He's like, "Is that that dickhead?" Quite that most. <laughs> um, so no it was brilliant and you know and, and like Scott was saying there when we scored the goal yesterday just like having someone to hug and to, to cheer with and, and just you know the, the feeling when that goal went in and we'll talk about the goal in just a minute because it was so early into the game it was it was brilliant and you know I, I was kind of gutted because I think most of the people that I would normally speak to at a game were in the home end but it was great to see guys like Craig Brown and Ryan Anderson guys that I haven't seen for a while and and yeah, it was great. It felt good to be home. That was probably the the best way I could put it. But look, let's go into the game. And and I think that yeah, like we've, we've said touched on that already. It was a bit of a surprise a surprise result. But we just seemed to from the get go yesterday. Apart from putting the ball out from kickoff as we always do, um, we seemed to to get on the front foot pretty much right away. And you know that goal from Liam Watt. It, it literally. The, the play by um, by Bomber Brun, just to, to give him his name from Doug since he's not on, I'm going to give him a lot of credit for that because he took the ball well, he, he, he lays it off to Liam, and Liam just takes that, that one touch, and I'm like, they're giving him an awful lot of space. Do they not know that he can shoot from outside the box? He takes that second touch, and I literally turned to my dad and went, this is him. And absolutely sweet as a nut, whipped right into the top corner, and it, it felt like poetry in motion. Like I literally watched it straight into the top bag and the, the noise that came from the fans even now thinking about it here standing up on my arm brilliant absolutely brilliant what's your take on it Doug? Got, uh, Gordon even I <laughs> say, you're going to have trouble it's like we need a uh, Ouija board well I'll apologise in advance I've just had my second 5G injection today so anything that I do wrong in this <laughs> week's show um, I'm going to blame it on that um, no like pretty much like you said just like, brilliant you know because I, I was I was back at the Dundee United game. Obviously, we played well, but we didn't score. I think, you know, that that thing of having a goal to celebrate and early um, and a, a really nice goal as well. Um, got the ball forward really quickly. Uh, Brown did really well to kind of lay it off to Liam Watt. Is that like a total trademark Liam Watt goal cutting in for the left on his right foot? Um, I always think maybe... You know, a team that haven't played us before. You know, if you play against us a lot, you probably know Liam what you know, he's gonna to want to cut in and that's the first thing he's gonna to want to do. Yeah. If you haven't really played against him before, you might think he wants to go down the outside. So And it's you know, a new prob- team, of course, that's just gone up, so they won't have probably yeah. scouted us last year at all. 
Yeah, so I think you know he's he he can definitely you know catch people a wee bit cold with those. Um, yeah, I mean, even if you know he wants to do it, he's he's very very good at it, and the shot was fantastic. Um, it was just brilliant to see that soaring, and I kind of couldn't believe it. I thought we were in for a you know a tough tough afternoon, but um, no, it was a good start and brilliant uh, brilliant goal. Scott, I don't know about you, but I think that. Queen's Park actually were a bit shell-shocked. But I think because they romped the league last year, they were kind of like, oh, Christ, we're not used to anybody doing this to us. Um, and then there you go, like, just took it to them straight away. I mean, what was your take on it? How you, how do you feel like we started the game? I think we came out flying, to to be fair. Um, like, even from the get-go, yeah, we've punted the ball straight out of the park, which pisses me off every single time. But... We came out the traps from there. Um, there's a few chances. Um, obviously, Brown was battering into that big tall guy at the back. Um, and then even when he got the, the header to play it down, for what, it was like... Obviously, and they've had it before in League Two, but it was almost like, as you say, they didn't know what what was going on. Probably because they've seen our preseason as well. <laughs> they were like, why, why are they coming at us? Why... We not the ones. Why is it not a counter attack that we're facing? It was more like controlled from us that we were pushing them back, and I don't know. Like Newton on Gillespie, even at the start, put one straight in within like the first five minutes. Yeah, straight. I don't know. I don't know if that set the tone for it, but it definitely gave the rest of the team an option to start piling in on them as well, which they're probably not used to. No, definitely not. Um, I, I don't. I'm going to be honest. I seen the team line up yesterday, and my heart kind of sank a little bit. I don't know what I was expecting because I know the players that we've got available to us, and you know, I've, I've said it. I said it last week. I absolutely love Kev Smith, I, and I, you know, I love him as a guy. I love him as a player, but I don't know about anybody else, particularly for the two of you that that watched it. And I'll let you decide on who's going to chime in first after I say what I say. If we play this season with that front two, we're going to struggle. Um, I think that Brown, and I mean, we'll come to him later on, I, I thought he actually had a decent game, but he, he looked like he was towing a caravan. I don't know if that was an injury, but I, I spoke to, like I say, Tony messaged me about Ryan Gold's announcement last night, um, and I asked him about um, Brown, and he said he got a dead leg later on in the, in the first half. But even before that, he looked knackered pretty early on in the game. And I don't know if that's indicative of the pre-season we're giving him or if he is carrying an injury. Kev Smith, by the end of the game, looked completely puggled as well. I mean, both of them lasted a lot longer than, than probably I would have thought they would have. But equally, the, I, I get that they both bring different attributes to the game in terms of their hold-up play and their, their power. Kev's touches, you know, I think that it's a shame because they kind of... I still think that they're needing somebody up alongside them, like somebody quick was the, is the overriding feeling that I've got, that we just lacked any pace. And let's be honest, that the style of football we are playing just now, i.e. towards the end of last season, and what I've seen this season is shite. You know, we, we're lumping the ball up the park, but then it's to nobody with pace. I'll come to you first, Gordon, because you've got a, an intrigued look on your face. What, what would you be your thoughts to that in terms of, I personally think that we definitely the next person we need to sign is a pacey striker. I think it's pretty clear, like watching the game yesterday, that we lack pace up front. Um, I think, like you say, um, 
a big fan of Kevin Smith as well, but he's he's not he's not got that kind of pace. He's not that kind of player. Um, and I think Brown um, also didn't realise he got a dead leg, and maybe that's kind of held him up a wee bit. Um, but it was clear there was times when you know he was through a, a few times. And he didn't really have the pace to to get on the end of it. Um, you know, with Brown, we've got to remember as well that he's he's stepping up from the Lowland League. It's you know the game is going to be a faster pace. He's going to have to uh, kind of bring himself up to that a little bit. Like something I was saying to my dad yesterday is you know about uh, Fash when he first came. Uh, you know he jumped on a lot in you know his first couple of years physically as well. You know if you remember him when he first played for his Fife. You know, he'd get barged all over the place. Um, so, well, you know, some. Oh, uh, you know, he'd he'd just get pushed off the ball easily, and you know, he he really improved that side of his game because he was stepping up from a level where, you know, he wasn't facing that every week. So, I think with Brown, um, you know, he's he's going to have to kind of develop a bit and 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 learn the game at this level. But I think the the one thing that you, you look from yesterday is yeah, we were missing pace up front. Um, obviously, the guy Cunningham came on. And I think he's got a bit of pace. Um, whether you know, we've not seen much from him, and whether he's kind of ready to start games or play a big part, I'm not really sure. Um, but I think that's the things with forwards. You know, you want, you know, ideally you want about three or four that kind of give you different things. Um, and we've had that in the past, and we don't really have it now. We don't have too many options. Um, but that's, yeah, that's you know, the whole pack though. Well, there is that. You were looking at the bench yesterday and there wasn't, um, you know, we've got injuries. Um, clearly when guys come back, we'll have a, a few more options, but particularly up front, um, you know, we're, we're very short on bodies. Um, so, you know, there's there's not that option to try maybe a different style, give us something a bit different up front that, that even we had last year, really. Um, so I, a striker with a bit of pace would... Whether Cunningham can be that, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think lack of pace was was pretty evident yesterday. I felt Brown was pretty good, to be fair. I put him down um, pretty highly as one of the, the players that we had. Uh, yeah, yeah, his pace is definitely is one lacking, I'd say. But I thought I thought he was pretty good. Um, it's almost like days when we had Anton and Johnny Courts up front, like Brown's almost like the Anton back then, where yeah, he didn't have great pace, he wasn't scoring goals, but he still put himself like as a shift against the defenders and put himself about the park. It's almost like Kevin Smith was the sub coming on with Ronald Court back then, which could be Kevin Smith and Cunningham. But it's like Brown needs someone else to bounce off. Like Anton had Johnny Court to bounce off. We kind of need that. Yeah. I don't know if that, like, it's definitely someone with pace. I'm not saying Johnny Court had pace at all. Like, I, mean, I was probably Johnny faster Court than him. But anything. Johnny Court would nah, He didn't. Well, <laughs> he put himself about. That was the only thing he had. Him and Anton battered defenders. Yeah. So I'd say Brown does almost the same job as that. But He's definitely lacking a partner up there where he can knock the ball onto it or he can play the ball down to it. There's Kevin Smith's not going to provide them with that. Like Kevin Smith's a totally different player to what Brown is. Well, there's a name 
um, Michael, in terms of Anton Dowds, I mean, did you happen to see if he played yesterday for Falkirk? I didn't, actually. I'll have a, a quick check of that just now, but... He didn't when I looked yesterday. Was, was he with COVID? Was he on the bench, or...? Well, they had yeah, to, like, I think he was on the bench. If money is at a premium, and it's like Gordon touched on that, you, you can't waste it on a, a, another backup goalkeeper that might hardly see the action when you've got a very serviceable keeper. The, the next thing, as you said, Lee, it's got to be spent on a striker or you've got to bring in someone on loan. And I, I believe there could be a loan deal in the works and we might have somebody by next weekend. But it's, it's I mean, it's like last year we kept saying, oh, we need to have a left back. And we didn't address it. <laughs> but I mean, urgently, it, it wasn't a pressing necessity because we had a couple of guys that could do that position. We do not have the scope of of going with the guys that we've got that started yesterday. If either of those go down, we're absolutely fucked. And it would have to... You're then looking at reorganising formation or whatever. But it's hard to see where the goals are coming from from this team. I only watched the highlights from yesterday's game. I'm not probably going to be able to, to watch a lot of the games in full and live this year. So I'll be relying a lot on the highlights. There seemed very little in attack. And like getting that goal early, I think it was, well, first of all, it was an absolute peach of a goal. It could even be one of the goals of the, the season this early on the, that we're talking about. I think it was important to get that early. That's how we need to play at home. We have to take the game to the opposition. We have to get out in front because we've talked about it before. We know what Bayview's like. When, the, when we go behind, when it's tough going. We've got to kind of get the fans with us. And I think scoring early, the feel-good factor of being back for many of the guys for the, for the first time in months and months at Bayview, that early goal just added to that. And I think it kept the crowd on side. Folk have come away saying, oh, it was a fighting performance. We, we got a point out of that against a good team. So I think it's a little bit of a feel-good factor. We've got to get some some help up front there. Yeah, look, I think that that's evident. And the next part I want to come on to is definitely the the lack of creativity in the team. Um, I think that you know that was one of the first times I've seen McManus in a long time, and for me, he's very very um, Davidson esque um, in terms of that's the type of player he is. Do we need two players like that in the middle of the park? And yesterday, I don't know about you. I'll come to you first this time, Scott. We seem to bypass our midfield entirely, or when it did go through the midfield, and there was no spark there. There's no somebody that you're you're seeing lifting their head up and they're going to play that killer ball through the middle, or they're going to, you know, take a run at defenders, or there's, there was just none of that. That we lack a talisman in terms of a midfield player. That, that's got to be something that we really, really do need to address in the coming weeks. Now, I did manage to find out yesterday, after poking and prodding around, that Danny Swanson is probably going to be out for another six or seven weeks. Now, oh, I thought you going to say months there. Six <laughs> or seven weeks away. Um, apparently, he gets his brace off next week, but then we've got to try and bleed him back in gently and get him up yeah. to fitness because he's going to need essentially another pre-season again. And... You know, look, we've got already got Kevin Smith, who's fairly injury-prone, Danny Swanson, who's fairly injury-prone, and 
I mean, I genuinely wondered yesterday if, if Smith or Brown went down, we were going to have to Craig Levina and go 4-6-0. Mm. Um, if we're going to start to, to worry about that. And I mean, we only had to look at yesterday. I mean, Liam Watt ended up having to play up front um, for a little bit. So reinforcements are definitely needed. But Scott, do you agree with me in terms of we, we really lack that sort of talisman in the middle of the park, somebody that could drive at defenders and find that killer pass? Yeah, um, I would say we'd, we'd, we've probably relied too much on Swanson being fit. Like, if if he was fit, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But obviously, because we've not got him, there's there's not really a young guy that's stepped up to being what he could do or any of the other players have, are in, in the same sort of league as what he could do or what Agnew did. Um, McManus is fairly defensive, so is Newton, so is... Davidson, like you would play them as a middle three and defend. There's, there's not really a, an option there. But look, again, you're going to get it tight from us as the, the, the Darren super fan. How many games did Swanson play last year? Six? Seven? I, I mean, from the start. I, I mean, couldn't even tell you. No, <laughs> I, I don't even know if it would be as much as that. No. We know that is you know he's having a injury career that's been blighted by football, um, particularly in the last few years. Why are we putting all our eggs in that basket when we know that he is likely to pick up a knock? And why don't we have someone that's in a position to to push him for a jersey? Because that looking at it down in in the past, we've had a, a squad that not last year certainly, but in the previous years, we've had a squad that you know there was always somebody that was going to push or try and drive somebody to, um, to to perform better. And, I mean, if literally, this, the starting 11 yesterday must be going, well, my name's going to be in the starting 11 before the squad's even read out. And particularly in that middle of the park, I mean, it, it clearly is going to be Davidson and McManus unless we go out and get that attacking midfielder that we desperately need. But then last, well, even at the start of the season, Wallace could, he was dropping back. I know you don't want Wallace to be dropping back, but I'd say that he was he he was a creative player that you could have there. And and I'd much rather have him as a striker, but if he drops back slightly and works as a, a ten, it's still providing creativity to two wingers and a striker. Should do like should it be a four four two or whatever? Um I do I do I do agree that there should be extra Extra people, like two per position. That's yeah. always a, a when I play football manager. That's what <laughs> I aim for. Good old two per position and see how it goes. But I, I don't know. Don't you know, know if... last week's show we were criticising all these people that play football manager and try to speak about football. Come on, Scott, get up to the program here. Go I'm the football manager number one fan. <laughs> too many hours wasted on that. Yeah, you and me both. Let's be honest. Gordon, just sort of a similar point, you know, we're definitely lacking in the, the creativity, but there's there's something that, that, you know, speaking of Scott, that I heard in the, the ground yesterday was actually about Ryan Wallace. And obviously we've heard rumours that he's had his head turned by Airdrie and that he's looking well elsewhere. Now, this could be complete and utter shug date, but I'll, I'll tell you what I've heard, is that his decision to step away is clearly his family. Um, I believe he started his own business and that he's spending a lot of time out of the house 
Um, and that his wife's really said, you know, you're, you're doing your job full time, you're doing football, and he's, he's not seeing his kids. And he's made the decision that he, he does want to step away. Um, you know, we, we asked him if it was money, and he said, even if you offered me another £100 a week, I wouldn't sign. Um, so, so from what I've heard, um, you know, he's basically made the decision that he's not coming back. The club are asking him to essentially sign that he's taken like unpaid leave um, because we're obviously not going to pay him if he's going to not be turned to, to train and not play. But also we're not going to release him in case he just decides to go elsewhere. So if yeah. that is true, well done to the club because some potentially mistakes that were made in the past. You know, we've spoke a bit about that Agnew situation, which if what Scott's heard is, is the truth, then, then that clears up the reasons for that. But, I mean, it looks like the, the Ryan Moss situation was one that's unavoidable and it, it could be a, a catalyst for, um, you know, potentially cutting down a bit of slack. Not that I'm saying that that's the, the right or the wrong thing. I'm, I'm going to try and be as impartial as I can this season and look at the, the all arguments for and against. But, um, Gordon, I mean, really Scott was saying there that, you know, we were putting our eggs in the Swanson basket. There's a basket that I wish... Um, we'd put our eggs in and particularly in Liam Brown from Queen's Park yesterday and I'm going to make a pretty bold claim here and say he's the best the best performance I've seen from any player in that division in a very long time I agree with Liam Brown he was fantastic um, you know um, Queen's Park have obviously got him I think they paid money for him first player they've a fee for was it? Um, yeah. yeah I mean if I don't know what age he is. I think he's still quite young. Um, I, 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 I saw him in the... I watched the Edinburgh City Dumbarton playoff final last year and he stood out like a sore thumb. Um, I would not be surprised if he kind of goes on to bigger and better things at some point. Um, he's going to be ginger in the ass though, isn't he? It was just like... Oh, aye, fantastic, yeah. He was everywhere. I, I actually got to the point where, you know, maybe because Ryan Wallace wasn't there and I had nobody to draw my attention, but I couldn't take my eyes off him. Like just his position, he was packing up the ball, he was driving, and I mean, like literally running at our defence. You know, I was watching Mercer at one point, and he literally had his hands out to the side, and it was like he was going, "Fuck!" Like, what did I do? Because you know, if he gets sucked out, there was somebody on the overlap coming in. He was then looking for straight balls through. I mean, he must have gave Simon Murray four or five balls on a plate yesterday. Um, he looked like he couldn't hit a band or a hedgehog yesterday, Simon Murray. But I mean, what a player he looks! And like you say, I, I'd be interested to see if he goes for a fee this year, or definitely gets the chat for higher up because he was excellent. But um, when I did a bit of reading up on him yesterday, the um, Edinburgh City fans were saying that he disappears in the winter. Apparently, he doesn't like the cold, um, so he's he's brilliant in the. The sort of summer months, um, and then just when it comes to winter, he just fades away. So we'll, well see how that goes. I mean, he needs to do a Ryan Gold. Needs to get moved to Portugal. Then we don't have don't <laughs> have ju- shite winters. Ginger hair folk in Portugal. Oh, I don't well, think it's a good well, mix. Uh, I thought he'd be way better in the winter because it'd be cooler. Yeah, these day walkers, eh? Um, but yeah, like like the other point that I want to to make, obviously, is is, is like we said about the the lack of creativity. If you think about players in the last, you know, ten years of sporting East Fife, what sort of player could you think about that were missing in the middle of the park? That sort of 
spark that you think that, oh, if only we had. And the name that came into my head was Stephen Hughes when we had him. I mean, he was I'll, a Rolls Royce when we had him. Yeah, he was mm. incredible. I mean, to me, it's just, you know, Scott Agnew of two years ago. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's, um, you know, I, I, we, all, we all know Agnew wasn't as good last season, but, you know, before that, absolutely fantastic. Just the kind of the kind of player every single uh, League One team, every team we played, their fans would be going, I wish we had him. Um, yeah, he's, he's very difficult to replace. Um Obviously, I I think we did put our eggs in the Swanson basket. You know, we've signed them, we've gambled. It's not really paid off in terms of injuries, and because of the salary that we're paying them, paying them, we can't really go out and you know, get someone decent. Um, the Wallace situation, you know, if 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 it's if if it's the case, if it's a family thing, I think you can't. You know, part-time football, you can't really. I think if that's if that's what's happened, that's the more sensible thing to do. Just say, look, you know, if you can't do this anymore, I take unpaid leave. We'll keep your registration. You know, we paid money for him. He's on a whatever year deal. Basically, if you do end up wanting to go to some club further west, you know, if it's Darville, maybe we'll let you go. If it's Airdrie, fuck them. They can pay us ten grand, whatever. You know, I <laughs> yeah. think that's I think that's a yeah, sensible. If he goes way into non-league, that's fine. Yeah, you just but release he, it. Even well, even then, don't release him. Just loan him to the non-league club. Yeah, so he kind of just hold... signed for the Airdrie yeah. again. Because it was so easy to get loaned there for a couple of months and all of a sudden winter comes, new transfer window. It's like, oh, I'm just making the jump now. Well, do you know, I think there's a... Airdrie are not big going to stop signing players from us because I think there's a bit of a curse there. I mean, they got thumped and I was reading Pine Bovro and they were, you know, they've been moaning about Agnew, they were yeah. moaning about Watson. Basically, every player that goes from East Fife to Airdrie just turns to absolute shite. Jake Thompson. So, yeah, um, Johnny Page, Kyle Wilkie. Yeah. <laughs> they, could, they could continue to be our feeder club. And we're going to come on uh, <laughs> Airdrie later on in one of our new sections, which I'm, I'm excited to bring to you. Look, I mean, I think it's fair to say, um, Michael, yesterday we, we controlled the first half. Um, I really thought that we could have uh, gone two or three, really, um, Brown had a, a a chance where the ball went over, and he eventually yeah. managed to to beat the the wily fox at the back. It's funny because his name is Fox, um, and literally just looked like he was away to smash it in the, the corner, and he literally just gets his boot in to block it. Apart from that, we created essentially shagall. There was a few corners which you know that, that nobody really got on the end of, and it it just comes back to that you know we, we don't have. Um, really anybody with attacking prowess aside of Kevin and, and, and Sean in our team. The second half is where the tide turned and I don't know if you've seen the stats. I know you're a bit of a stato. Um, what, what did the stats tell you? How did that look from the outside looking in? Very one-sided. And like I, I watched the highlights on, on Queen's Park TV which showed a, a fairly even first half. They showed his five's chances we seemed to be competing toe-to-toe with them. It seemed good. Second half from what they showed, and I imagine that these five TV highlights are going to be pretty much the same and that both clubs have got the same kind of highlights, seemed like one-way traffic. We really struggled to, to generate much at all. Anything we did generate didn't really test their defence. 
giving up the equaliser so quick at the start of the second half, nightmare, because you don't have time to kind of bed in and get them frustrated. Disappointing goal to lose, unmarked, rising, headed home. I mean, he took it well, but you shouldn't be allowing a guy like that to rise at the back to head home. And from, from what I saw, Queen's Park really could have had another two or three in that half. It just seemed one-way traffic. They were creating a lot. Flip side of that is we defended resolutely. And I think some of our best performers yesterday were on the defensive side. You can't depend on that happening week in, week out, though, because it's like when you're under the cosh that much and you can't score at the other end, you've got to get the pressure taken off your defence. And it didn't feel like they managed to do that very well yesterday. No, I mean, the, the one thing that I'm going to say instead of our good friend Dougal Perry is another goal from a fucking corner. Mm. Um, you know, and to be honest, at, at the end of the game, I was just waiting for the penalty as well. I was like, we might as well just go for the line on the bingo card. Um, the, the goal from the corner, again, I, I'm actually going to dig out Gallagher here. I think he should do better. Um, where the, the cross comes in, I'm looking for my keeper to scream and collect that yep. personally. Um, and how close that went to the back post, um, I feel you know he he's got to take a, a an element of the blame there. That should be our keepers out, collect, or punt, just get your fist on it and punch it out. Yeah, the whatever. Of we got rid of Brett, and some of the criticism of Brett was that he couldn't deal with crosses and didn't command his box. And it looks like we've just gone like for like. And I, and again, I'll say it again. I, I think that getting rid of Brett Long was the completely wrong decision, um, and that he was one of the best shot stoppers in the league. I think that Gallagher made a couple of decent saves yesterday. A lot of them were, were fairly comfortable, to be yeah. honest. I don't think he was really threatened by any of them. There wasn't any save that I made that was like, that's a great save. It was all ones you would expect him to make. However, he does look very ropey with, with crosses coming in. Um, and there was two or three times yesterday that I, I was a bit like, mm, if that's if he's coming up, going to be coming up against better players. For example, when we play Alawa, you know, somebody like a Connor Salmon that's that's that real physical presence up front. I think he might struggle against that, but we could revisit that next week and and see if I'm right. But I mean, Scott, you're you're nodding in agreement with me there. Um, are are the listeners can't obviously see that? Do, do you think that 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 Gallagher should have done a bit better with those? I do think. He, he should have, from the highlights, like at the game, obviously I was sitting at the complete other side. So it's not like at the time I was watching him, I was more watching the ball. So I couldn't see where he was at the time. So I do agree to that. But he should have, I felt, saved it looking at the highlights from the header. And with the header from the highlights, it looks like there was possibly two fouls. Like the two... Queen's Park guys jumping for it. So Fox, and I don't know who the other guy was, were completely all over two of the players. Like, obviously, I, I didn't take too much notice of who it was, but they were all over them. So yeah. on another day, a referee would pro- probably give it as a foul. Yeah, when I, when I first watched it, I thought, hey, I thought he was like, he kind of pushed off him a little bit. Yeah, back. two hands on him. Yeah. Like, it, it didn't did look, look as clear when it was slowed down, but at, at full pace, it did look like there was a little bit of contact, and he used he just pushed off a little bit. Yeah, but definitely. That's, that's his five. 
you know, we, we, we know we, we're not getting decisions, right? And I'm not going to go as far as being a sticky bun or a Celtic fan and saying, oh, they're all against me, brother, this is not giving that, or blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we're not getting a lot of decisions. But equally, we're putting ourselves in the positions where we're relying on the ref to give us them. And the minute that that's your mindset is the minute is a weak mentality and it's something that we need to address. But look, we've gone over in terms of we need a striker, we need a midfielder. Has anybody heard of anybody we're getting in? Because obviously there's a few people saying loan this or tells of somebody that. Has anybody heard anything? There, there was rumours that Jordan Austin was at training this week. That's I, Scott Sliddon shite. I'm that's not really true, surely. I, I don't know, but he hasn't really been playing for anyone apart from leaving United as far uh, as that, I'm aware. This, but. this was just some random, you know, like new account on buying Bovril saying something, though, right? I'm on his I see. I saw it in the. I saw it in the. It wasn't me. I think I see that. Some, someone posted oh, in the right. WhatsApp chat, but it might have been that they got it then from Pine Bovril. I think that would be bizarre, to be honest. No, he's probably just keeping himself fit if he even is there. I will genuinely hand my season ticket back, and it's not because I think that he's a bad player, but if that that literally isn't even scraping the barrel. That's you've pushed through the bottom of the barrel and you're down to the living concrete underneath it and you're scraping that as well if, if that's who we're bringing in. What if he gives you his medal, like Fash promised? Uh, no, nah, well, he had his chance with that. He ruined it now. Look, I mean, if, if it, we gave the boy a chance to, to come and cut his teeth at this level and he didn't. Um, and I know that... He was brutal. Yeah, well, yeah, he was. He, he, he was never a player. I mean, he wasn't quite Cyrus Masavi bad, but he was bad. Um, so, no, I, I don't think that, um, that that is true, and I hope to God it's not. Moving on, actually, there, there's one thing that I wrote down in my notes um, when I was watching the game yesterday, and it's something that pissed me off last season. I can't believe I'm still saying it, but how shite are we at throw-ins? We, we don't seem to have any plan or whatever, but the amount of times that I've seen yesterday were like this, you know, moving about, like, oh, who's going to move? Or is everybody going to come? Right, okay, right, okay, or I'll just throw it to him and then punt up the park and give the ball away. It's, it's it's like, this is like a football bugbear of mine. Why not take throw-ins quickly? Yeah. And it, you don't even have to be at the line. Run, pick up the ball, turn around, throw it. Yeah. Because because most teams will, will stand there and they'll wait for the player to come up to the line, look around for a bit and pick someone out. Run and get the ball, turn around and throw it, even if you're five yards, ten yards for the line. And it's not just us. I think most teams are terrible at yeah. that. It just lets the defensive team yeah. like, you're a, get organised. and Yeah, you're a man down because the guy's taking the throw. If you let everyone get organised and take their time, the defending team has the advantage. Quick speed is the... The number one thing with throw-ins and nobody and how, takes quick Well, throw-ins. how often do you see a throw-in taken and then the guy's closed down right away so he has to turn around and play the ball back? Yeah. Or turn, or turn around and punt it right up to nobody like we did for oh, 45 yeah. minutes yesterday. Um, Although we did get the goal from the throw-in, so Scott, Scott Mercer's long throw-in, Danny Denham kind of knocks it down. Brown that's a long throw, through. though. Like I, I am a big advocate. I love... Long throws. We've talked about that on the show before. Yeah, that is yeah. something that should be. If we've got a guy yeah. that has a genuine good long throw, we need to throw be a ball. That. Throw a ball over a fullback. Let someone run onto it. Yeah, that's a great yeah. throw. Particularly if we've got somebody like Bomber up front, he's he's a big physical presence. You know, just throw it. At him, even if he can bring it down and knock it off somebody for a corner, it's better than having a throw out at a wide position. 
Yep. You know what I mean? We're, we're, you're, the, the likelihood, I mean, obviously I know that we got a goal yesterday. The likelihood of a real clear-cut chance coming from a short throw-in is, you know, minimal. Absolutely minimal. So do do something, that whether it be a long throw or whatever, but, let you know, Darren Tony, if you're listening, won't sort that out because it does my box in. Every every week I watch us, and also I know that I've, I've said it already. But can we stop kicking it out from um, from centre? Yeah, we've been doing, 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 doing that for twenty years, Lily. I know, but, but it's not fucking worked for twenty years. So why do we keep doing it? You know, if I'm at my job, right, and I keep doing something that doesn't work, my boss would be like, "Mate, you are you are just stop doing that, eh? Because it's clearly not working." I'd be like, "I right, no worries, mate. You know, I'm happy <laughs> to take your suggestions of what we do instead. Why not instead?" Try something different. I'm not a football coach, but just instead of just hunting it out and giving away possession when 10 seconds, just fucking pass it to somebody. Sorry. Whew. I'm imagining you like <laughs> launching someone out the window at work. Like ev- ev- Every morning I come in, I've got like paperwork on my desk, launch out the window. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, can you honest, stop doing that, please, Lee? Nine, nine times out of 10, you know, I, I come in and if I've been uh, off the previous day and performance hasn't been great I want to fucking launch my computer off the desk so I'll maybe just start doing that or I'll just start uh, throwing my staff out in the front shop uh, but anyway that's that's a story for another day but look I mean granted yesterday was the proverbial game of two halves really good the first half thought the second half retired and, and Laurie Ellis um, commented on that in his, his post-match was that you know, he could see us getting really tired. Bomber, Kev looked really tired. I, I thought that the only players that really looked like they could have still played a bit longer was boys like Mercer, McManus, Newton, who just looks like he, you know, chops up those glucose, uh, glucose, glucose tablets for his breakfast and just does a gram of that before he goes into the game. He just looks like he's got all the energy in the world. But apart from that, I thought we looked really, really leggy in the second half. And, you know, I, I'd hope that, that we're going to sort our fitness out because it's going to have to be impeccable this season with a lot of full-time teams in it, Mike. Well, that's been one of our big strengths the last couple of seasons. We've talked so much about how fit we are. The training's great. And... I know there's been a lot of games played already, but so is every other team. And yeah. that's the games then that we should have been using to really get up to, to match fitness. It, it's concerning because, as you say, there's full-time teams in this league. They'll have a field day with us. I think we were lucky that we got Queen's Park when we did. First league game yeah. of the season, they're still finding their feet. They looked rusty. There's going to be teams we come up against that are way sharper up front. And if they get even half the chances that Queen's Park got yesterday, they'll they'll put away more than one goal. Fitness is key, especially then if like if we are going to be falling behind same games against some of these these better teams, we're then chasing the game. And if we haven't got the fitness there, you can see it's gonna be a case if you go a goal down, it's it's a tough, tough ask after that. I think more? Queen's Park are like, they're a different team to what we've been used to for years. Like, the way they were playing, like, there was always someone standing on the line. I've not seen that for years for anyone that we played against. Like, even we had a corner, or they had, like, we had a corner and they had two guys standing at one edge of the halfway line and one at the other edge. Like, the amount of work that they were putting, yeah. putting left to right, to left to right like our players must be knackered 
chasing that way, chasing that way, like, and that was just all like, obviously Liam Brown was spraying the ball about like nothing else, but I think that probably made the players as tired as they were. Because and teams will see like, that and they'll be like, "This is this is your way to get the better East Fife." It's like I think Miss, like missing Davidson as well was a big thing. Like he's a big engine for us. Oh, love you, um, Ross. <laughs> right? Whatever you think of him, you know he does a lot of he does he does a lot of that work. Right? You know he he puts a big shift in all the, in the middle of the park and. Yeah, if you're you right, Gordon, out, like Lee's just been crying himself in his pillow because Ryan Wallace is gone, so now he's right. just taking it out on you. Just, <laughs> you keep that love. Uh, I'm actually, I actually feel like I'm in a breakup, to be honest. Um, as this season is going to be really, really difficult for me because <laughs> I've lost somebody that is incredibly important to me. And the worst part about it is, is I've still got his trophy. Oh, I thought you were looking over your shoulder to see if Rachel was there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is Ryan Wallace tied up in the back? <laughs> I told you not he's to not me. actually retired. He's leaving charge of his Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> it's Stockholm Syndrome. Take look, I mean, it doesn't matter. When you're in the gimp suit, I can't see your face anyway. But <laughs> it's, uh, look, no, it, it's, it's been a, a hard couple of weeks for me. Um, and I, I still need to find a way to, to get that trophy him because I spent money on it. Well, we spent money on it for the... The, the podcast so if anybody knows Ryan's address and could um, get that DVD don't give it to Lee for fuck's so, sake maybe, maybe save her for all involved send it to Michael and uh, I'll, I'll post the trophy out via Canada I, um, I, I, I feel I have to break up with Johnny Russell now because I've got a Scottish guy here so I have to break that news to him I've fallen into Darren Young's uh, sort of Way of thinking here because I put all my eggs in that Wallace basket just like he did the Swanson one and, and now look at me I'm left stuck with the missus so you know <laughs> there's been some, some, some harsh harsh lessons to to have learned from us all at East Fife but that uh, Ryan the harshest lesson will be when Rachel listens to this back probably <laughs> I, look I spend 90% of my year in the bad books with her anyway and look my, my love for Ryan was well documented but you know He's he's clearly left me to be happy with his other family now, and I've got my Ryan now, so I'm happy. Yeah. And a, and a fun fact: he made his debut as a 16 year old by replacing Johnny Russell, just like he's replaced him in my heart. Oh, isn't that beautiful? Well, Michael, um, I, I think that a signed Ryan Gold shirt would look beautiful on my wall of strips. So if you want to arrange that happening, that I'm not allowed to get stuff signed as media. It's in our. It's in our guidelines you're not allowed to pose for photographs although i did pose for a photograph with johnny russell but that's only because somebody said can i get a photo of you two together and he put his arm around me and i'm like yay <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's in our credential guidelines you're not allowed to get photographs you're not allowed to get stuff autographed i could give it to someone at the club and get them to do it i'll see what i can do for you make it happen so we're going to it, talk about... i'll tell you what if you buy a strip I will get an autograph for you. Deal. I'll make that happen. I, I, I've said Don't to buy you, it yet until I check with the club, but yeah. <laughs> I, I do uh, like the, the Vancouver kits, actually. I sent you that one that I yeah. like. Maybe buy that one, actually, because I still like that, and I'll get it sent along to you. But yeah, look, we'll talk about now the, the the main point at the end of the game. As always, we do our 3 to ones. Scott, I'm springing this on you, so I hope that you're organised for it as a, a regular listener of the show. I hope you're organised, but I'll come to you last to give yourself time to... Oh, I've got mine down already. Oh, check, Hugo. Uh, I even like, have mine as well. 
yeah, Jesus. Well, we're all organised for a change. Um, I could tell you, Gordon's it's going to be, even though he wasn't playing, it's Roth David Finn. Uh, <laughs> Just for moral support. Yes. Yeah. So apparently he's got a broken metatarsal. Um, he's oh, done the really? many, so hopefully he'll not be um, out for too much longer. Because, I mean, Rooney played through it for the World Cup, so David said, come on, get your finger out and get back in that. We need you to score your, your yearly world day and then just back to just lynching folk for I, I don't want to worry you though we had a guy out here a couple of years with that and it just did not heal and he it was like oh four weeks oh it'll be another four weeks oh it'll be another four weeks great <laughs> yeah just to cheer I mean, everyone up yeah well before we all go and cry ourselves to sleep right then Scott since you're, you're popping your cherry we'll let you go first since you're organised give us your three two one so three I've gone for what because I felt he was everywhere and obviously scored the goal. Two, I've gone for Brown, because I felt he chased everything down and was absolutely excellent. And one for Newton, for having Grant Gillespie in his back pocket. That was okay. Interesting. Not sure I agree with all your points, but we've got two similar points, but we'll go now to uh, Gogsy. What are you thinking? I went three points to my other love apart from Davidson Chris Higgins um, just thought he was he was class uh, really calm head at the back dealt with everything that was thrown his way two points for Liam Watt um, absolute world of a goal and he was just good um, kind of helped out at the back a lot did a lot of work one point really struggled I think there's a lot of players you could kind of you could kind of put in for that, but I went for Scott Mercer. Um, mm-hmm. Thought he had a rel- relatively solid game. He got himself forward, caused a few problems. I think Mercer had a good game yesterday. Didn't make a three to one, but he would have got it. But he got magnetized um, twice in the game yesterday, and that's the the cardinal sin for me. You know what is it they, they say in soccer? Um, stay clever, keep them together. So no, he didn't get a point for me for that one, Michael. I, like when I heard Scots, I was like, oh, I've got none of those guys in my top three from what I saw. But then Gordon's brought me back, so it's okay. Because I had Higgins three. I actually had Mercer two, because I was going with what Taj, uh, Phil Charletta's dad, was saying in the East Five WhatsApp group. So he swayed me that Mercer deserved two points. And then I gave one to Watt for that wonderful goal. What a goal. Oh, no. Boo. <laughs> Right, we'll move on from Michael's poor patter as per usual. I went three points, Liam Watt. His goal alone was worth three points and he buzzed about the park pretty much all day yesterday. Um, I gave two points to to Higgins, um, cutting about like a meth... (laughs) I was going to say a methyl Beckenbauer there, but I think... uh, Ginger Iniesta's methyl Beckenbauer. Ryan Gold's the Scottish Messi, apparently. Yeah, oh, that was banded about a few times. But no, look... There was a few people that with some pretty horrendous shouts on, on Twitter recently saying that Higgins was going to get pasted and yeah. everybody. And I was just a bit like, you know, did nobody watch the World Cup? Age when you're a defender doesn't matter. It's how you read the game, right? And if he's got somebody alongside him that's maybe going to have a wee bit of pace that'll bail him out, um, I think Higgins will be great this year. He reads the game so, so well. How many times yet uh, in the game yesterday did you see a pass coming in and he's bringing it down? And he tried to play out from the back so many times. He really did try not to hoof it. Um, he deserved some points for me, although he did get caught in possession and almost cost us. But we'll, we'll, for, we'll forgive that one wee mistake. Um, and finally, I gave a point to the bomber. 
Um, you know, he, he really, to me, looked like he played through the pain barrier yesterday. Um, now, obviously, I didn't realise at that point it was a, a dead leg. But, I mean, he could easily ask for a sub in the first half when he was down. Um, but it didn't. Um, and, and clearly, you know, it, it, I don't think he'll be on a lot of money at us. He, he looks like somebody that wants to play for the shirt. Yeah. Um, and I do like that about him. You know, I believe he got offered more money at a lower level to to stay down there, but wanted to come and test himself up with the big boys. And, you know, he's, he's going to get some cuttings for me for that. Um, that yeah. I, I like that in a player. I, I think uh. he's getting a lot of unfair stick. It, it, like it's, it's not his fault he's suddenly been thrust into hey, I'm the starting guy that's leading your line. He's probably thought, okay, I'll come here, I'll test myself, get a bit of development, maybe come off the bench mostly, but get some starts here and there. All of a sudden, he's leading the line for us, and we're expecting him to to go from playing non-league football to being a guy that can compete yeah. with all these guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I had him probably as my kind of fourth. You know, it was between him and Mercer for the one. I think the two times that I've seen him this season, he's actually played really well. Um, a, you know, a lot better. We kind of spoke about the last this last season because we kind of criticised them, but I think we ended up saying actually, you know, it's a bit, you know, because I, I don't think he's ever played. You know, it's not like he's come from a big club and then mm. went to Lowland yeah. League and then come up. You know, he's stepping up from Lowland League to League One, and you know, whatever folks say about League One, that's that's a difference. Um, and to and get he, chucked he tries, into that last season, and he gives yeah, effort, you know, and that's what you want from every player. Like if every player in your jersey, you come off the pitch and you've lost or you've drawn, but you can say, "Look, they gave it all that they've got." No, that's I, all you I, can I, ask for from your team. Like attitude is massive. I mean, how many players through the years have you seen who've got talent but have a shite attitude, and they become shite players? If he's got this attitude, you know, I want to test myself at League One. If I've got areas to improve on, I'm going to improve. I'm going to make myself into a player, you know, at that level. Then that's brilliant. That's what you want, um, and it it will it will take a bit of time because he's you know he is stepping up. But I thought he played really well yesterday. Um, and he is, he is still young. Yeah, he's still young. Yeah, I think we've got we've got a potential for a player there, definitely. Even looking at when we first got him, though, he's improved a lot since was it Clyde that he came on. Yeah, and. He looked hoaching, but he's come on like he's brought on like he's stronger. He's looking like there's more confidence from him that he should be here at this level rather than I am here at this level. It's you can kind of tell that he's he's pushing himself to be better, could just just by going by him being better over yeah. the last yeah. I mean, Shire Shire fans really rate him. Like I was looking at Pine Bob, everyone's asking. You know, uh, what do Shire fans think? Do they think he's ready to step up to League One? And they were kind of saying that, you know, they were saying that they think he's that he's one of the best players they've had in ages. Now, I know it's Shire, but still, um, I think they, they thought he was a really, really good player. Um, and, you know, if you're a really good player in the Lowland League and you're young, I think you're worth taking a punt on. Uh, yeah, I think he's definitely worth taking a punt on. And look, I'm, uh, I, I like his attitude. I'm not convinced of his ability. Um, I'll happily be proven wrong. Um, I think where my reservations come from, for every fashion Anton we've had, we've had a Jameson or a JJ Austin or a um, 
what's his face that's just went back to Stenhouse? Uh, Thomas Collins. I, I, I thought Thomas yeah. Collins. You know, so there, there's we're, we're remembering all the the good ones and, and we're remembering the feel good factor, but we've had a lot of reality that it's um, you know no all of them have turned out that way. So I'm gonna sit on the fence, firmly on the fence. Um, I, I love his attitude. I love his desire. I love the fact that he turned down more money elsewhere and he wants to cut his teeth in and look, let's all hope that it works out for the best. But that's all for yesterday's game. We're going to go on to a new section just to round us off before we have some music and go. But we're going to have a new section which is called Let's All Laugh At. And it's a, a section that I thought about yesterday when I was looking across things at Scottish football and there's so many incredible moments in the first game of the season that we can enjoy. So obviously, first of all, you've got Hearts beating Celtic. Um, anytime the old firm get a doing, it, it, it does bring a smile to my face. Um, that wasn't as big a shock though. I no. almost put money on Hearts because I fancied <laughs> Celtic to just fall apart. And they did, um, you know, they, they, they really did absolutely bottle it. But Gordon, you're you're sitting there grinning like a Cheshire cat. Of all the things that came across from Scottish football yesterday, what made you laugh? Well, there were a few candidates in the first day of the season. It was definitely good for, for laugh potential. But um, I am going to have to say that objectively, the Rovers chucking a 4-0 lead at home to Hamilton has got to be the funniest thing of the day. I pulled up. I didn't know it was quite as bad as it was. Yeah. But they were they were 4-0 up after 68 minutes. So that 22 minutes to go. Uh, and they conceded in the 68th, then the 78th. So they were 4-1 up with 12 minutes to go. Uh, the 83rd and then the 92nd. Like that was beautiful. I was I was checking my phone, you know, just as the game was going on, just checking what the scores are every so often. And I saw it at 4-1. I was like, oh my God, that's you know, what a result for the Rovers. You know, they're really, maybe they're going to push on this season. And I didn't see it until full time. And you're like, what the fuck was that? How did that happen? <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing those highlights. That's what I'll definitely be watching. That is almost like falling in a barrel of tits and then coming up sucking your own thumb. You'd be absolutely <laughs> devastated, wouldn't you? Um, if you're if you're a Rovers fan, you're absolutely fighting at that. And look, I don't think there's going to be many disagreements um, from East Five fans in terms of your let's all laugh at. But that's definitely a candidate. So how this will go is each one of us can pitch one, and then we'll decide collectively at the end. We'll come to you, Scott. I'll go for Airdrie against Montrose. It's absolutely beautiful pumping that they got. Um, I don't think they expected it or most expected it with the way that they were going on about the league and people's placements in Montrose and people's placements at Airdrie. But even with just Agnew and Watson being there, it's absolutely beautiful to see them getting a, a horse in at home as well. Yeah, definitely a big fan. It, like, like I think that, um, I've, I've said this before, Airdrie is just one of those clubs I just didn't like and I have no real reason for it I just think they're a shite club and yes definitely more I than can a... give you lots of reasons they killed Clyde <laughs> Bank Section B I'll just leave it at those two really works for me Michael what are you going for in your let's all laugh at I'm, I'm going to go for one that I just read about this morning and I, I 
I saw folk talking about it and I thought, I've got to find out what, what happened here because this just sounds bizarre. So after all these games had finished, all the three o'clock kickoffs, Albion Rovers, Edinburgh City. Second half eventually got underway apparently at 4.30. So, I mean, you're talking half an hour late it kicked off and this was because the referee... And the long shots on. <laughs> and um, the, the Clyde commentators are still at the stadium trying to work out what happened apparently <laughs> but the referee went down injured so they had to use the, the linesman to, to call the game there was no other official in the ground that could run the line so they gave it to one of the Albion Rovers players Gary Naismith was like Eh, that's not happening. Now, at this point, this team are 2-0 down at half-time, so they're struggling anyway. So there was a lot of deliberation. Will they have nobody run the line? Can he do it? Can they get somebody in? Eventually, after a lot of debate, they didn't have anyone running that line. Now, I, I've seen that happen here in the non-league amateur football things that I've watched. It's like one of the games I saw here, a guy ran the line with his dog, a big German shepherd. And every time a player went near the dog, the dog went fucking mental. <laughs> and that was like the weirdest thing I'd ever seen in my life. But I think I'd rather have that than have no one. But eventually it went on, the game finished 2-0, so I thought that was a funny talking point from, from this weekend. Brilliant. Has nobody seen the opening episode of the new series of Ted Lasso? You should have no, no, no. dog in your... The, uh, the football pitch, and I'll, say, I'll leave it at that. And for those of you that haven't watched Ted Lasso, um, I strongly, strongly recommend it. Absolutely. I don't have Apple, and I've struggled to find it in my usual places that I find stuff. Talk to me after the show. Um, Ted, <laughs> Ted Lasso is incredible. It was written by the same guy that wrote Scrubs, Bill Lawrence. Um, oh, and I know you're a huge Scrubs fan. Yeah, love Scrubs. It's also um, he also wrote Spin City. So there's loads and loads of um, great gags in that, and I would recommend it. For me, my let's all laugh at might be a surprise to nobody, but Barry Ferguson's Aloha again royally pumped um, was a beautiful, beautiful piece of viewing for me. And to be honest, like he is just such a penis that when his team lose, you're absolutely delighted. And not only that, but I mean losing comfortably as well and something I just want to touch a bit I was kind of worried about Iowa coming down and they were going to spend money but they have bought utter dog eggs mm. like they have not strengthened their signed at all Like I thought they'd be favourites to go back up to be honest they've signed that Stephen Boyd that was at us who I thought was okay but I didn't think he was any special um, that Fernandi Mendy that was at Rovers, um, I thought he was garbage as well. They've not, uh, I mean Connor Salmon, he's probably taken up the majority of their, their playing Brutal. Yeah. Mm. I mean, Ferguson's an idiot. What are you saying? Ferguson's an idiot. This is it. I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's been completely masked by Kelty's money and yeah. Alwa have been tricked into thinking he was a good manager <laughs> and I'm pretty confident he's going to prove that he's a shite manager. Um, like, which is I, going to be brilliant. I genuinely think any one of us four could go to a club with a budget like Kelty and you're going to get results. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Just... with, with, with ease. Um, with ease. Um, so, yeah, that, I mean, Barry Ferguson, I'm going to stick my neck out just now and say he'll be the first manager sacked in the league this year. Um, no, no, he's sticking your neck out for that, though. <laughs> I, I don't think he will be because he's going to be on a big ticket. Well, and are they going Danny to, want to And, and who, 
Who, who's at Falkirk these days? Don't they go through a couple of managers a season? It's Paul Sheeran. Yeah, Peanut. Yeah, <laughs> like he's he's got at least some sort of management credentials about him. I mean, he went up to Aberdeen and uh, I'm sure he was under 20s, did a good job there. Did a decent job with Arbroath when he was there for the time he was as well. So, I, nah, I can't see it being him. I think they'll they'll have patience with him. I think Barry Ferguson will be hounded out by the Wasps. By the, but you'd have to pay uh, him out. I mean, he's yeah. probably going to have more than a one-year deal as well. It'd also be like admitting that they've made a really fucking stupid decision. Yeah. You know what I mean? To like, to like fire him after a couple of months. Uh, that was like <sighs> been focusing, oh, they need to get rid of Darren Young after the League Cup games. It's like, you've just given him a two-year deal. No club in their right mind is going to pay off a manager that you've just given a two-year deal to. No. Yeah. Definitely not. So, gentlemen, um, to end off this section, give us your votes. Gordon, are you sticking resolute with your own choice, or has somebody swayed you? I'm I'm going to stick with the Rovers. I think the the bizarre linesman situation at Albion Rovers. If it was if it was like most bizarre thing of the week, that that wins every time. But for pure hilarity, uh, I I still think Rovers. Scott. I vote for Gordon as well. That just sums up Rafe Rovers to a T, so makes makes me laugh. Michael? Yeah, I, it's the Rovers for me. That was the one that gave me the most joy. <laughs> I mean, that'll be Rovers thing. It's hilarious. If the game had got called off, then that's a, a different thing as well. Or if they had got a man with a dog running a, a barking at the players, that would have been good as well. But I think that the joy that that brought, just seeing that, Knowing a couple of Rovers fans who I haven't messaged yet, our good friend Jonathan T.A., I must send a little message to him. I'm sure Doug already has. Well, yeah, I'm going to make it four from four. Rovers absolutely... Oh, Rovers have gone into a 4-0 lead. Not again! (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we're going to make that uh, four from four. And it's an all-round let's all laugh at Rafe Rovers. So just to round off the show, um, we've got some questions from our listeners this week, which I'll put to the panel. Um, I stuck some stuff out on Twitter yesterday, and it's nice to see the socials starting to to buzz about a little bit more. So, yeah, just going to bring a couple of the the social media things that we've had through. So at Methyl, uh, at Major Methyl, Couple of observations. Full credit to Liam Watt. He was everywhere. Lots of quality touches and a great first goal. First half was really encouraging, but we stepped back in the second half. But did we have a choice? Decent passing play, but we seemed to be nervous to have a shot. How would you remedy that, Gordon? Like being a wee bit shot shy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a difficult one. I think that's something you could probably level that at us for quite a while, actually. Um, I really don't know. It's probably something that's got to come for the management. I think, you know, you've got to kind of um, change about the way that you attack sometimes. I'm not sure, you know, apart from Liam Watt, not really sure we've got someone who is that prolific from outside the box at the moment. Um, how do we remedy Danny that? De- no. Getting, getting, <laughs> getting, Danny, getting Danny Swanson back and asking him to have a pop, I imagine, is the only way. What, you try to say that Danny Denham can score from further out than two yards? 45 yards. Two, two, two yards is considered a long ranger for Danny Derham. <laughs> Not seen any trademark headers yet this year. So, brilliant. 
So, um, Hendry Ireland, obviously a long time listener. Hi, Hendry. Um, his thoughts were we actually actually done well, um, well better than the, the thought considering how the the Premier Cup had went. Thought both teams deserved a draw. Looking at the opposite squad on paper, we would have been the happier the team, but um, we had a few. They had a few in every moment as after our goal. And do you feel like we rode our luck, Scott? To an extent, yes. If they didn't have whoever number 14 was for them, ballooning the ball into the ace recovery car park with one shot. And then I think he had a free header as well. Um, we were pretty lucky. Both of them were terrible. Um, however, on the other hand, we had Pat at the other side that shot and the keeper made a good save at towards the end, if I remember. I think it was Pat. Um, so to an extent, yes, but we also had a, an opportunity one opportunity to to obviously take the spoils for ourselves. Cool. Michael, um, do you think that the squad depth is good enough to do anything in this league? As we've seen today, the boys got tired quite quickly and we had no one to come on and make a difference. I think we've covered that. Yeah, absolutely not. We need to make quite a few new additions and we need to make additions to starters, not just the squad, which is the, the most concerning thing, really. Yeah. Definitely. Grant Easton as well, another long-term listener. Hi, Grant. Um, I think that was a good point with very limited resources. Ideally, we would have had McGuigan, Wallace and Swanson. So, Nina, an attacking midfielder and two strikers um, showed a limit when Watt had to go up front, pretty much what I'd, I'd said earlier on. So, a couple of great points there, Grant. Tony Charletta, how are you doing? Tony, um, thoughts the first, uh, thoughts really good first half, awful second half and the batteries died. Squad depth and fitness are a huge factor. And positives for Toge where um, Higgins, Smith and Mercer were all outstanding and we dug in. We need boys back from injuries and a few strong additions. Um, if not, our luck will run out, but a great and lucky point. Again, hard to, to disagree with that. Um, we've also got Paul Thompson, um, who's a, a great point, actually. One that we probably should have covered was the pressing game in the first half from us, where it's, where it's outstanding. Um, so he said he liked the pressing of the Queen Park defence in the first half and they didn't like it, but by the second, the two up front were at walking pace and what threat they carried was long gone. So, yeah, totally agree with you there, Paul, and thanks for your question. Anybody got anything else that they're looking to add before we bring this week's musical number? I, I've got a couple of things I want folk to, to check out online. Not trying to nick this part from View from a Terrace, where Borthwick comes on and, and does his social media stuff. But I want to talk about, uh, like, search for this on YouTube. It's amazing. It's a, an Irish Cup game between Waterford and Athlone Town. It's 3-3, and they're three minutes into stoppage time in extra time. And it's the final minute of the game, and it's absolutely mental. That's all I'll say. I won't spoil it for you. Maybe you could, that's another one you could post on our social media channels after the podcast gets released, Michael. Yeah. And a nice easy way for people to find it. I'll share Anything a picture else? of the linesman with a dog as well. Yes, please do that. <laughs> I would like to see that. I have a section on my site over here, Dogs at Football. I just take random pictures of dogs at all these amateur games I go to. I'm pretty sure that some uh, there was a, a another team that posted a picture of a puppy at the game yesterday. It may actually be now being Rovers, funnily enough. Um, but yeah, if I see that, I'll share it. Gordon, Scott, anything you're wanting to to add before we wrap up the show? No, I don't think so. I think it's kind of covered everything. No, Scott, nothing for me either. How was your your first experience? Did we break in gently? 
Yeah, it was good. Put on the spot at times, but it's, it was expected. That's uh, what it's all about. He asked me, or oh, when he tell me what questions, I was like, no, I'm going to make your life hell. Um, <laughs> you, you've handled it well, and uh, we'll definitely be getting you back on in the future. So before we go, this week's Have You Heard is um, coming from Kyle Faulkner. And those of you who know Kyle Faulkner is the lead singer of The View. I think we've played some of his songs in here in the past. But he's just released his new album, which is called No Love Songs for Laura. Um, listened to it for the first time yesterday and a few great songs in there. Um, I'm going to bring to you my personal favourite from the new album, which is called Mother. And here it is, Kyle Faulkner with Mother. my mother This life's a busy road And looking through the railings I need a hand to hold I'm flicking through the polaroids Summer days and retro toys Baby cutting through the noise Left echoes in my heart Running through the neighborhood Riding a bike on through Always up and nothing good I knew it from the start When you go there You never come back Just like my mother says You'll get a heart attack And when you go there You'll never come back Just like my mother says Can bring the past back And when you go Growing up is never graceful And this coffee's getting cold I never made my year book As I put my life on hold In and out of high school Heavy with a heart of gold Bending for them to make them all I fell down at the start Waiting for her on a train I'll never be stood up again And someone told me it's the pain You need to make it stronger When you go there You never come back Just like my mother said You'll get a heart attack And when you go there You never come back Just like my mother said Can bring the past back
But it's better than getting old Cause youth is wasted on me And that is what I'm told of a sad song but I'm, I'm hopeful you'll all enjoy it Kyle Faulkner there with Mother another great have you heard obviously because it was selected by me I can't believe way. he's got the same jeans on I uh, know still after <laughs> 10 years or in fact it's about to be longer than that 2006 they can walk years. on their own now it's, it's weird yeah a bit like Scott's pyjama bottoms I hear but here we go um, so that's us um, all um, from Glory Days of Gold episode number 51 Next week's going to be a difficult one, and this is where we're going to put out our appeal. We're actually in a bit of a conundrum because I don't think any of us could actually make the game next week. Um, I definitely can't. Yeah, I'm out due to working commitments. I think Scott's on holiday and Gordon just can't be arsed. So if um, <laughs> anybody that's available to provide us some insight on next week's game, please do get in touch on the old email or on social media by dropping us a DM or on email as glorydaysofgold at gmail.com. We've, I'll give your guys a chance to, if you want to give yourself a shout online, Scott, everybody will probably know you on Twitter a bit. What's your handle if people want to hear you spout and shout? It's Sir Scott Young, but I don't think anyone will take us up on it. No, probably not. We'll see your followers probably decrease after this as well. <laughs> Gordon? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I think, I think I'm think i Gordon H1938. Have you actually tweeted anything yet? Um, Not for a while. I, I have... I have tweeted stuff, um, but I've been pretty silent over the summer. Come on now, if we're going to try to compete with these View for the Terrace guys, we're needing to start being a more prominent force on social media. It can't be all down to the wisdomist duo that's myself and Michael. Michael, And to to be honest, everything from the Glory Days stuff all comes from Lee, so... (laughs) No, you can't pardon me with that brush. I like the anonymity of it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll tweet something offensive now and everyone will think it's Lee. Standard. Anywhere uh, you want to tell our listeners where they can find you online? Yeah, give us a follow on Twitter at AFT in Canada, at AFT in website. That's the two Twitter accounts, AFTN.co.uk for the East Fife stuff, AFTN.ca for the Whitecaps North American stuff. And if you want to check out my other podcast, I'll be having a chat with Ryan Gold midweek, which I might bring out as a midweek special. If not, it'll be on next weekend's show. Excellent. Of course, Lee Gillis, you can find me on Twitter at LeeG1903. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn as well, just in case anybody wants to offer me a job on more money, I'd, I'd happily accept that too. But all joking aside, really enjoyed this week's show, gents. Welcome to you, Scott, as well, and hopefully we'll get you on more shows in the future. But Thank until you. then, Michael, in fact, it's your show. I'll let you wrap it up. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for joining us this week, Scott. We will be back soon, hopefully to talk about East Vice's first win of the season. But until then, thanks for listening. Take care and more than a fife. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.